Okay, we are recording. Okay, thanks for telling me. Are you ready to go? Uh-huh. So, loads of energy. Get in in there. Rock, come on. <laughs> That's what we want. I quit. I quit. I'm done. Hello and welcome to the It Depends podcast, your alternative guide to the often mystifying world of psychometrics. In each episode, your hosts, myself, Tim Burnett, and brilliant Dr. Amanda Danis, will serve you a cocktail of psychometric wisdom garnished with a twist of sarcasm and humor. Our mission, to help you actually enjoy the process of building better tests. So grab your favorite beverage and get ready to dive into the awesome world of psychometrics. Hello, welcome to the It Depends podcast. Myself, Tim Burnett. I'm here with uh, Amanda Danis. Welcome to another episode where we try and unpick psychometrics um, and make it more accessible and interesting for everyone out there involved in testing. Um, in this episode, we're going to be, this is a special episode, isn't it, Amanda? We're going to be talking about vendor shopping. Um, and this is for anyone that's heading off to innovations in Adaheim or any other conferences where there's going to be exhibitors along with all their wares and systems out there to show. So how are you doing, Amanda? How are things? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Um, <laughs> it is it is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I just did a, a session on this with uh, Cynthia from Seacrest and Adrian from PTI, and it was really well received, I think, because a lot of groups this is a really important topic, right? They need to pick a platform, they need to pick a remote proctor, they need to pick a test center, you know, all the things. And if you don't even know what to ask, you can get in some trouble. So it's a lot, it's something that we do a lot with our clients is we'll just sit on calls with them and make sure that they're asking the right questions. So I think it's a great topic to choose, especially before you go to a conference and you get sort of swayed by all the good swag that's there. Who has the best chocolate? Who has a good drawing? Who has it, a ping pong table? You know. It's all, all the these things. marketing tactics. So if, if you don't know, listener, you know, my background is, is working in marketing in the space. So I've been working with platforms and technologies out there to try and sell and promote their solutions. And Amanda, I suppose you're from the on the other side of the fence. You've been, like you say, you've been helping people find those solutions yeah. and, 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 yeah. and problems. So, I, we've got a series of questions, and as ever, um, if you've got a question, listener, you want answering, then please do send it in. If you go to the uh, It Depends uh, podcast homepage, which is on the Test Community Network, you can uh, ask a question away there. And as part of this episode as well, we're going to be asking a bonus question to Amanda, but you can only act, hear Amanda's answer to that on the Test Community Network website. So, but let's get but going is it worth, now. Is it worth on, extra credit to me if I answer it well? Oh, well, always. Absolutely. Always, <laughs> always. It's interesting. Cre credit is coming into the uh, test community network at some point as well. So anyway, um, <laughs> so you go out there, you you find a platform and uh, you set up all your questions and all your, your items. And I'm thinking here about the kind of the world of having an exit strategy. So how important mm. is it for you to own your own data as part of that, that, that purchasing process and your use of the platform? What do you think? Well, I think most people if they're listening, if they're listening, hopefully they're listening and they're, they're thinking, what do you mean own your own data? Of course it's my data. Like, sure. It's your intellectual property and by own your own data. It's one of my pet peeves that with some of the larger groups, I would say some of the groups that are not really software as a service and you have an account manager to get your data out 
is incredibly difficult. Uh, and even just to like pull it down and dirty is what I call it. Just, you know, just send me the raw data of the last, like, you know, two months. I just want to take a quick look and see how your items are doing. And I have groups that say that will cost me $3,000 to pull out my data and it will take 30 days. And I'm like, what? So I think it's a really important thing to ask um, is what is the process for getting item stats out, the psychometrics? What is the process for getting my item bank out if I do want to leave or I want to make edits outside of the platform? You know, what does that look like? It shouldn't be behind behind the curtain that you can't even get to your own stuff or that it costs an extra amount to get to it. And I will probably make some enemies with this with these statements today, but uh, it's just something I believe really, really strongly. Um, and as a consultant, we get a lot of groups that can't get us their data and it takes them a really long time. And if they're leaving that platform, they put a request in to get their data out. Sometimes their contract ends before they even get their item bank. And then they're just like mm. chasing the people like, hey, can I get this? And it's kind of a mess. So I really like the software as a service platforms where you can choose to have somebody manage it for you or you can manage it yourself. Um, it depends on the size of your program and your resources, but getting be getting your data is really important. It's I, I think it's hugely important, and but it, I think it's it's not just some always sometimes the the bigger players. You when you're using the platform, you're setting those questions up yourself. You need to be looking for those features where you can take those exports, those CSV downloads, those those dumps. You need to have access, and I think that's the because that's sometimes the barrier a little bit because you you're not directly in the platform. Someone's doing everything for you sometimes. Yeah, that's when you don't have access to it. But you need to be looking and checking within the platform that you're using. If you are doing it yourself direct into a solution, you need to be looking for those options. And I think the other thing to be aware of is um, I think a lot of cases, you know, particularly if we're talking to the American market, we're talking about multiple choice questions where they're easier to export, aren't they? You've got STEM, you've got sure. response options and information sure. and data that goes with it. But if you start using more advanced item types, you need to be careful of how can I access those? How can I transfer those if I need to at some yeah. point? Yeah, so how important. do you get that? How do you get that content out so that it's transferable to another platform? You know, if you're talking about um, SJTs or drag, you know, drag and drops, all that stuff, what does that export look like? I mean, that's something that you can ask about when you're shopping is, okay, if I want to do video um, stems or I want to do you know, schematics that are that are movable and, you know, I want to design these really cool items on your platform, which is awesome. Let's say I want to leave. What is the content that comes out to me and what does that look like? Is it a proprietary file type that I can only use on your platform, you know, and then you're kind of stuck. So it's, those are really good questions to ask. I didn't even think about that for those innovative item types. But yeah, yeah. you don't want to lose all that work. You don't know. And I suppose we started this thinking of the end, but that's what you need to do. You're going to, at some point, um, you are going to leave that, that platform or that provider, or they're going to give up the business or, or move over, get purchased by another supplier as well. Yeah, that's something happens a lot in this industry. Um, yeah. And you know, so having that exit strategy at the start of the relationship is, is quite an important thing. But let's say you've kind of, you've, you've got over that kind of problem you know looking at the other features and things that are in there so you know what do you think about it because you know obviously you do a lot of psychometric processing the data is it always important to have let's say a full suite of psychometric reports embedded in the platform or would you rather be in a position where you could just download those as raw um 
CSVs? What's your <laughs> kind of preference there? That's a great question. And my, my preference is it depends, shockingly. It's the first time I've said it today. Um, it depends on what those reports look like. So sometimes the reports that you get out are very, they were built based on one customer, like maybe the first large customer that came along to that platform whose psychometricians helped them design what that should look like or what that psychometrician thought it should look like. And then it's not something that is really super usable to other people or does it, it doesn't come out in a format that is, uh, you know, transferable into how you want it. Yeah, so, raw enough maybe. Okay. Yeah, raw enough. So yes, if it gets if it gets you item to scrim off the bat, awesome. Does that include cleaned data? Does that include your test data? Does that include your QAing response strings? What does that look like? You know, there's lots of little things in there. So I would want two things. One is, can you give me a nice report if I want to do a down and dirty quick check on things? But two, can you give me, we call them the ones and zeros in my team. I want to know per candidate, per item, a one for correct answer, a zero for wrong answer. If it's a graded response model, what does the key code look like for that? But I want it down to that rawness yeah. i want to be able to get that out so that i can do whatever i want with it um and that's really important and that, i suppose that's important for you because you're you're someone who's going to be doing that that work well i think yeah. when other people might look at it and they think well we'll just have a psychometrician look at this then you need to be working alongside your psychometrician who's going to be involved in the process to make sure they're getting the data and the information that they want and it's yes. accurate isn't it it matches your profile i suppose as well Yes. And I mean, you know, if they can give you a quick reliability estimate, that's great. Do you know 100% for sure that it's not including any test string data that is a QA or that is somebody that, you know, shouldn't be in there for whatever reason? Um, what is involved in doing that? And so I, I like both. I mean, both features are great. And um, and if you do have a psychometrician, you're not using your platform psychometrician, they are somebody to ask this question of, right? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I'm shopping around. You do my annual health checks or my annual operational validity reports. What do you want this data to look like? How should it look? It's one of the first things that we do when we sign on a new client and they're using a different platform because we're platform agnostic. We work with a lot of different ones. So what does your data export look like? Um, and it actually affects our costs of doing mm -hmm. that. Like how much do we have to do to the data that you export <laughs> to get it in a usable fashion for us. So that's a really important question. Yeah. Excellent, excellent, good, good, good. Okay, um, next kind of question then is, um, so let's say you're looking to do the kind of full suite end-to-end -end within your assessment program, and there's there's various different features in there, things like standard setting, et cetera. Are, mm -hmm. are there any other features, or including that, any other features that you think are absolutely essential along the journey, kind of things that you should have in your shopping list? Is there anything you can think of? It depends, Tim. Uh, <laughs> it depends on your own processes and your sort in your organization. So, do you tend to do item writing kind of sporadically? Do you do it in one big push, and so you need a platform that supports item writing really well? Do you do item writing asynchronously and virtually throughout the year? Um, you know, look at those types of things that you do. So, item writing is great to have in a platform. And you don't want it to be where you have to spend half a day <laughs> training your SMEs on how to use the item writing platform, right? Yeah. So I refuse to do that. I'm like, they 
you know, your SMEs are valuable and their time is valuable. So I don't want to use up my time to do that. So it has to be not complex, easy to use, plug and play. Standard setting in a platform is great to have as long as you can access that raw data that your psychometrician has to be able to check everything and run everything how they want, drop this radar, you know, do this with this outlier, all of that stuff is important. Um, I, I think that standard setting as a feature is great. I want people to use it with caution. Don't just do it without a psychometric, psychometrician's help or advice and just like get this answer and be like, oh, yeah, that's my cut score. Like, did you check everything? Like, you cut know, score 70. Know. It's fine. Yeah, cut score is always 70. You know, <laughs> if it comes out at 72, let's just make it 70. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hope that listeners are picking up the sarcasm there, but uh, <laughs> I'm in trouble if they're not, right? Um, standard setting, yes, but it's the, that's sort of above and beyond. I think that delivery, I think presentation and user interface for your candidates is important. Does it look good or does it look like it's the beta version of something from 2002? Like, that's important. You know, if you're in a high stakes situation and I get online and it looks like crap, I don't, I do not have a good impression of yeah. that product. Um, what kind of item types do you need? Right. Are you just multiple choice with STEM text and response or a picture? Then that's fine. You don't need to go with a platform that can do three dimensional X-ray, blah, 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 blah. Right. That's really cool. Do you have the resources to build those items in a way that is legally defensible? It's not just going to be super cool and my SMEs just get to make them. There's other things that come into play with that. So I think it's important to know what you need, but also what you don't need. Um, and so look at your own features as a certification body. What do we do things as they are now? Where do we hope to go with them? But what is kind of beyond our scope, right? What is something we're not ever going to need that? So I don't want to have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. do you think um, do you think there's always a degree of uh, compromise needed sometimes? Um, do you need to go in with the mindset that all right, you've been doing it this way for ten years now? Um, the, we, we're going to need to compromise in some places. Do you think you need to have a little bit of an open mind in that way? I don't really like compromise. <laughs> As a life principle, and anybody who knows me will be like, yeah, she, that's not her. Um, like, you know that saying, it is what it is? It's I hate yeah. that saying. I hate yeah, that. Yeah. No, don't accept. No, no, change it. Um, I will say this about our industry, though. If you go in and you, and you shop around and they don't have there's you can't find something that fits how you've been doing things mm. i think you should look at how you've been doing things because mm. i think we've got a lot of really good platforms out there and most of them do some really good best practice things and so if they're like we don't support that whatever it is that you're talking about take a look at whatever it is that you're asking for and maybe it's just not something that's done anymore or there's a reason that it's not done um and I think that as far as compromise goes, the only thing that you might need to compromise on is because what you want is too expensive. Mm. Um, because sometimes those, you know, creating a great performance-based test is incredibly expensive. Even if that performance-based test is computer-based, you know, not physically, but like, uh, you know, working through a medical chart or whatever, those are all more expensive to make. So you've got to be able to, but I don't think you should compromise on you know, 
your integrity or the number of SMEs you can have accessing the platform or, you know, there should not be limits on stuff like that. But I do think the sky's the limit. You can build whatever test you want if you have enough money and enough resources and SMEs time, right? You need your SMEs depending on which area you're in. Mm. Um, So I think before you want to compromise, I think reach out to me or Tim or, (laughs) you know, uh, get some advice on, you know, this looks really cool and it's shiny and new, but I don't know that I need all of this. And you probably don't at the end of the day. And I think it's what's interesting. So we're talking about innovations and obviously there's going to be a lot of kind of big players going to Anaheim, you know, and exhibiting and things like that. But yeah, not everyone in the world that does a good assessment solution is going to be there. Um, and it, no, I think it's it, something worth bearing in mind because I've, so I've got nearly 300 platforms and services listed that are going to be on the marketplace soon on the, the test community network and you know some of them might not be based in america or might not be able to afford to go to innovations or something like that but yeah um, or just don't have any radar but they've got something incredible that yeah is going to be right up your street so yeah i suppose you know do you always have to go to innovations to find the platform of your dreams amanda no, sorry, innovations. Um, <laughs> I've actually, I mean, I've actually gone to ATP every year since I was in grad school. So I don't know how long, it's been a long time, 15 years or something. Uh, and this will be the first year that I'm not going because I'll be on a trip with my daughter for her 21st birthday. Um, but, but and it's an excellent conference. It's great for education. It's great for learning. It's great for networking. Um, but it is rather expensive and there are lots of programs or lots of platforms that don't go um, also because the certification bodies that they might market to don't go. Mm-hmm. So because they're also a little bit smaller or medium size, they don't really send somebody to that conference. Um, and I think that Google is your friend. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> Google LinkedIn, reach out and ask somebody, you know, ask for recommendations reach out to another certification body that you know of or another certification body in your industry or that is accredited to 17024 NCCA. What are you guys using? What do you like? What do you don't like? Most certification bodies are very quick to to give you their opinion on this is what I like and this is what I don't like and this is why I use them and here's where I compromised, right? So um, I think there are, again, Innovations, great conference, been going forever. Uh, but if you're not going to make it, there's, you know, and, and lots of places, lots of platforms have great videos online now that you can kind of take a gander at what yeah. they're, what they've got, what their features are. Here's a quick demo call. Um, hopefully they won't stalk you too much after that. Could that be my request from this? As a podcast host, I'm asking people when I do a demo call with you and I say, great, I'll keep you in mind when I have future clients, please just let's just yeah yeah stop emailing me um <laughs> but I think, yeah go on sorry finish on. no i was just gonna say they're not they're not all there um and it's funny because sometimes i have people who are like oh yeah we've been shopping for six months and i'll say did you hear about so-and-so and they're like oh no i haven't heard about them and i'm like yeah you know how's that even possible um but i'm happy to help anybody you know i, I would be like what size is your program uh, what's your volume? What's your budget? And I would be able to make a recommendation. So here's where you should start. 
Absolutely. And I, and I did something similar um, at the ATP, and I'm happy to do this the same uh, innovations because I'll be there. Um, yeah, if you want to take a walk around the, the exhibition hall with me and just, you know, we can chat about what it is you're needing and what you're looking for, I can I can point you in some directions. I'm not going to, you know, make unbiased um, kind of uh, recommendations someplace because there are people that I, I know and love out there, but I will sure. definitely kind of, you know, give you some pointers um, in, a, in a, as fair a way as possible. Um, because the problem is, when you, whenever you ask someone, there's all there's always that underlying little bit of bias in there, isn't there, as to kind of yeah. people that you've you've, yeah. you've kind of grown up and, and love there. So it is always just, it's good to ask multiple people. Don't just ask me for my opinion because you'll be buying the yeah. same platforms um, going forward. So, but yeah, shop around, um, ask some questions, ask lots of people. Um, AI is going to be a big part of uh, inventions. Oh. I look, so I just got an AI uh, certificate, a specialist award. I, I heard that you did. Congratulations. Yeah. Where's your little like lapel pin on your hoodie? That's what <laughs> I need to see. Like, where's well, that? This is my only slight beef with uh, the awarding body that did it is that it's going to take them another month to give me a digital badge for it. So uh, CIM, you need to sort that out because a digital badge should be an instant thing. Anyway, uh, there's a plan. Did, did they compromise on that? Like, how did I, that happen? I don't know. but As an AI certificate program like what if yeah. if cim are listening they need to go out and buy a new platform um uh although the, the actual test platform sorry just to clarify the test platform that i did the exam in and the the proctoring solution were absolutely perfect it's just their business systems that are you going to um, tell us who it was uh i will do it i'll say um it, it was question mark was the uh test delivery platform and that was that was really good apart from um and i have fed this back um because they allow the can the, the awarding organization to design the layout of the exam interface, uh, CIM had put the end test button right next to where I normally would click for next. So I had to physically stop myself from Ooh. clicking the end test each time. It wouldn't have ended it straight away, but um, that still. was, yeah, that was. Um, it's distracting. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit distracting. Yeah. And then the yeah. other one was um, uh, for the proctoring solution that was in there was uh, Proctorio, and that worked really well okay. with my yeah, it worked really well with my browser and everything worked fine. So uh, I was quite happy with that. It was it was actually my first proctoring exam experience, you know, high stakes exam experience. Yeah. Yeah, played around with the platforms for loads, but never actually taken an exam. So anyway. AI is going to be a big feature. There you go. Question. I was trying. I was trying to distract you from that question. I was trying to. <laughs> and I tell you, should you always pick a platform that's AI enabled? Is that's that's the kind of. Do you think you're question. going to use AI in the next five to ten years? Then sure. And mm. what type of AI do you want to use? And are you going to use it responsibly? And do they use it responsibly? What is their statement, right? Do they have one of those statements that's like about transparency and about how they're using it ethically and responsibly and whatever? You know, if they're going to tell you that they can write 100 test questions for your test and you don't need any subject matter experts and they're just like, what are the guidelines that they provide around their AI? Um, do they just make it sound nice and shiny and pretty and they kind of gloss over? No, ask for a demonstration. Do they have something that's just going to help your sneeze, write some distractors or create some distractors? Cool. Uh, just be careful that you are not kind of swayed by how easy it's all going to be. You've got to be able to defend it all later. Um, 
it, and it also depends on the stakes of your exam, right? If you're low stakes and, you know, okay. Um, but high stakes, you, you're still going to have some defensive, defensibility issues. Um, and, you know, everybody is talking about AI left and right. And it's one of those things where it depends. It depends on so many things, content, uh, SME accessibility, legal defensibility, all the things. So I, I think if you're interested in using it, sure, but is it an actual thing that you're going to actually implement? Are you going to change your processes enough in the near future to be able to need that? And is it a breaking point? Is it like, you know, mm -hmm. this platform offers AI, this platform doesn't, what are you going to compromise on? Compromise on AI might be easier to compromise than on um, how many SMEs can access your platform at the same time or whatever, or for yeah. free. Yeah. Um, I would make a list of priorities and then I would go down that list when you when you are checking in with your vendors and shopping around. And AI might be at the top of your list, I don't know. Um, it's interesting, I don't know how many people would have, uh, I imagine at the moment people would have a kind of standard list of things that they're doing now before AI came along and they'd want to replicate those. But you, you, you're gonna have to, I would say, be thinking about where you can make the most out of AI and where it can start to, you know, so you need to have it on your radar, absolutely. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Have it on your radar, but, you know, the, the group that is like, oh, we have this AI feature and it's freaking amazing. And you're like, great, I am never going to get my board of directors to approve that in the yeah. next, or in this cycle or whatever. Yeah. So it's cool. If you think it's there and you want to use it and you want to work towards it, then absolutely it becomes something that's really important to your platform choice. There was um, there was one email. So ATP emails have been flowing in quite steadily now. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, innovations. Uh, I have to I have to say innovations because um, yeah, it's it, it, the conference is innovations. ATP is the association. I need to get that right in my head. Everyone okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> um, we all know what you mean. I know, yeah. I know, I know. But um, yeah, so there's one one email kind of flowed in the other day, and they mentioned about um, micro apps, um, micro AI apps, uh, which I kind of like the idea because the, the the idea of that is that you could almost test out the water with kind of these additional bolt-ons that you can plug in mm. so you don't have to go fully embedded with ai on board and i think you do need to have that switch within your platform where you can say that some of these programs are ai enabled or ai supported and and these ones aren't you know keep ai away from or not prepared for it not ready for it just that yeah so yeah. i do think you need to have that ability but yeah that kind of micro AI kind of uh, app feature was something that I kind of like the idea of just the idea of bolting it on as you go through. So, um, and I think that helps your your SMEs and your stakeholders get kind of get used to the idea. It's baby steps, you know, it's yeah. like, I love baby steps. So <laughs> I think that's a good one. Yeah, I think that one of the phrases they were using was things like task by task innovation or something. So it's quite, uh, oh, it's quite yeah. good. Yeah, quite nice. I like baby steps. Do you remember that movie with Bill Murray? No. Oh, Dude, no, I'm gonna, I'll make a note of that. Baby steps. Baby steps with. Is it Richard like Baby Dreyfus. Boom? That was one of my favorites. No, <laughs> it's Baby Steps, and Bill Murray is. Uh, yeah, it's classic. It's great. Baby steps, baby steps. You gotta watch it. I have to watch that because yeah, I say definitely. it all the time. Yeah, it's very so, old. <laughs> one of my other kind of questions. Um, so I think. So I think culture is an important factor. But do you think? Do you think culture is an important factor? in you know cultural kind of fit for you is that an important factor when you're you're selecting a vendor <sighs> i feel like if i say no 
that then I am like canceled. Uh, I, <laughs> I think that cultural fit is important that the business relationship is what you want it to be. Are they responsive? Are they transparent? Are they accountable to you? Are they respective of your culture, right? Yeah. Um, you know, do they respect impartiality? Are they open with, you know, NDAs and conflict of interest? You know, all of that stuff I think you can pick up on. As far as, you know, do they support DEI initiatives? How is their accessibility, right? Like accessibility is huge in testing. And to me, that's part of a platform's culture. How much have they prioritized that accessibility? So I guess actually, yes, it does matter when I think of it that way. Um, when I think of it as, you know, if I'm at a conference and I'm vendor shopping or helping somebody vendor shop and I walk up to a booth and it's, to use your example that we talked about previously, you know, it's all men versus it's all women. I don't yeah. really care about that as long as they're not all i think i said a bad word earlier but as long as they're not jerks and as long as they speak not in a condescending manner right so yeah. as a new if a new cb goes up and they're like i'm just brand new we're building a certification tell me what your platform does can they speak in a way that those people understand what they're offering and are they trying to swindle them into something that they don't need? That is my biggest pet peeve about platforms across the board is we get somebody who comes to us and they're like, we pay a bajillion dollars a year because they have this autumn item, awesome item banking system. And then we find out that this group has like two fixed forms of a hundred items each. And they're paying out the wazoo for something that they clearly do not need that yeah. somebody was like, look at it's super shiny and new and pretty and you guys need this it's the latest in innovation and that just pisses me off to no end um because they're trying to do the right thing and they're throwing all of this money down the drain um yeah yeah so so i think that that kind of culture part of it right is how they respect smaller to medium groups how they respect the accreditation process right are they helpful with that or are they you know, just kind of like, that's not our problem. It really is. It should be everybody's issue. Um, I think that's where culture matters. Yeah. I don't know if that was answering your question. No, no, you're absolutely right. So I, I think, you know, the, the two businesses need to kind of work together. The, the teams need to work together. And I think, you know, sometimes you might work with one person at a supplier. That might be your account manager. But, you know, if they leave, what's the rest of the culture? Yeah. You know, is the rest and of is there... Is yeah. there high turnover of your account manager? Are you going to yeah. have a different person all the time? So the, the person that you signed up with, you're like, I really like them. I feel like they're going to go to bat for me. What is the turnover like at that company? How many account managers are there? How often do you get switched around from one manager to the next? I think it's a great to ask them for a recommendation, a referral to a CB or a testing program, education or whatever that is their client. And then it's also great to just Google around and find somebody that uses them. Yeah. Um, and you can do that by looking at candidate handbooks to see what platform they're on and then talk to those certification managers or those test program developers and say, what has your experience been? Yeah. I mean, I think that's that counts for a lot. If you're going to be, you know, you get to know somebody and it's a relationship and you're going to be with them for, you know, three to five years or whatever. Um, it can make your life kind of miserable if you, if you get bounced around and then you're sort of onboarding every time that you have to deal with a new account manager who doesn't know you or your team. So it's important. 
it definitely is. And if you and then if you yeah. do want to know, listener, um, who you know is working with a particular supplier, I have a long list of that. I keep all that data. So um, yeah, <laughs> get in touch. Um, um, okay, so uh, we've talked about culture, and I think the thing I just want to add there is that you know, you you might meet a super nice team at the conference or you know, innovations or on the stand and things like that and really get on well with them and really mesh with them but you're going to need to meet the other the rest of the team and we kind of yes we talked about kind of account managers um, um kind of spit out but are you, you're never going to just be working with that sales team that are present there um and you, you, right. know, you just need to look you know peel the lace you will find that in, in most cases they're they're absolutely fantastic um but you might also find that there is nobody else because it's just the one you know person shop or there's a very small team yeah. and the CEO yeah. is kind of and that's that's okay in some situations um but Absolutely. is it going to be okay for you um and support as well things like that um you know where is their support base I was talking to uh someone the other day uh based in Canada and I was asking about you know what one of the things that might influence their decision they were saying about support location because you need to make sure someone's on the other end of the phone um mm-hmm. that might be a compromise that you you make it depends on what it is you're doing and where you're going if you want so you i suppose what i'm saying is you don't always have to buy a local um but, <laughs> um you know sometimes you need to um just have that in mind as a as a kind of a factor yeah think about think about your time zones and your you know darn bank holidays <laughs> right i mean you know do, do they shut down for certain periods of the year and nobody's around you know it's just those are all things to disappear. Ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's there's a, there's a number of things that matter. So, um, kind of second to last question. So, well, this is going to be our last question, then we're going to go to the bonus question. Uh, okay. But you know, is there anything that immediately starts ringing alarm bells to you when you're looking at a vendor and their stand and their stall and their, their, their materials, etc.? Is there anything that would set off any immediate alarm bells? Um. If they, if they say, so two things, one is if you say, I need you to be able to, I have a candidate management program, or I have, I use an AMS associate management program or some other, or an LMS, right? If you're education, can you talk to my, my system? And they say, oh yeah, no problem. We can integrate really, really easily. Um, You need to ask them how much that costs Mm. immediately. And if they Mm. gloss that over, or they try to tell you that it's, you know, I, I, I don't know, unless it's already existing for a client and it's full, you know, single sign-on integration, you've got to get those costs up front because don't sign on with them with the hope that in the future, it's going to attach to your program and talk yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, APIs take a while, depending on the on the organization, they can take a long time, they can be very expensive, or they can be nice and, and quick if it's a smaller developer, you know, whatever, but just those types of things and get them in writing in your contract. You know, I expect this to be done by this point or else we're, we're defunct. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that happens a lot, uh, and maybe I just see it more, maybe I'm more sensitive to it because I'm a 17024 assessor is that groups will sometimes say that they are accredited. Mm -hmm. So like a remote proctor organization or a platform will say, we're 17024 accredited. And they usually won't do it in writing because they get in trouble for that. But, and and it might be miscommunication on their part where their sales guy doesn't understand how that works, which is, you know, they should, that's corporate (laughs) culture. They should, they should educate their people. But 
they're not accredited. They don't get those, the vendors and the platforms don't get accredited by 17024. They might have clients, certification and testing programs who are accredited or accredited by higher ed, but it's not the actual vendor itself. So just be really careful if they're trying to tell you that, no. Um, and that leads to another great question is that if you're, if you are accredited or want to be accredited, it is good to ask them what they know about that. Do they have the documentation to support you to turn in as evidence for your accreditation process? Um, lots of the big ones do now because they've got groups that are accredited and they're used to turning out. Here's our security stuff. Here's our you know policies and procedures on this. Here's our training on this. Um, but it's important to ask. And if they don't have that, you know, it might be a little bit of a negotiation tactic with you to say, well, I'm accredited. You would be able to say now that you use that you're used by an accredited body, give me a discount and I'll help you with your documentation for that process. So uh, oh, nice. I've had a group, yeah, I've had a group do that and it worked out really well for them. <laughs> I, mean, I, I helped them too, but they got a really good deal. And then the vendor was really happy with it because they yeah. got all this documentation. They were able to say, we've got this package ready for you to go if you're accredited. Yeah. So it worked out really well. But those those are my, I guess my red flags and and not, yeah, and just be careful of the bells and whistles. Do you actually need all those cool things that they're telling you about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's going with a with a, a set priority list of things that you definitely need. Um, yes. Try not to stray too much from that because uh, you're going to be wandering into probably higher costs or un unnecessary features or necessary burdens. Exactly. And, yeah. Yes. So, yes. Well, I hope that's been some great tips and advice. Obviously, like I say, I'm going to be at Innovations and Amanda is available as well, not at the conference, but um, uh, will be available if you want to have a chat with her. I'm sure you're more than happy, aren't you, Amanda? Yeah. And if you're taking people, people, if you're taking people around and you have a question, Tim can just, you know, WhatsApp me and we can figure it out as we go. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me any psychometric questions, please. Um, <laughs> he can pass uh, it along. Amanda's my expert on that one. Um, okay, don't so, ask me any marketing questions because I'll just ask Tim, so it's fine. <laughs> and the AI ones as well. Um, oh. Right, we'll say what we're <laughs> going to do now is we're, we're going to go to the bonus question in a second. So we'll say goodbye for everyone who's listening on the uh, the publicly available podcast. And like I say, the, the bonus question will be available on the Test Community Network on the uh, It Depends podcast page there. So thank you very much, Amanda. And uh, yes, we'll thank you. See, see you all listeners and we'll speak to you all soon. Thank you very much. Have fun at innovations without Bye -bye. me. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.